The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are mine only. Erotic choking can lead to brain damage, cardiac arrest and death. Asphyxiation methods I have described are extremely dangerous and any action taken upon the advice I have given in the Nothing But Sex podcast is strictly at your own risk. It's time for Nothing But Sex. Hosted by Maxim Sex columnist Vanessa Delagi. Fierce, unapologetic, politically incorrect. The topics will wet more than just your appetite. Let's journey through taboo sexual terrain with a delicious earful of nothing but sex. Here's Vanessa. Hello. I have never tried so hard to record an episode as I have done today. I've learned a few things. I usually uh, record my episodes at four o'clock in the morning when it's really, really quiet or very, very, very late at night. And for some silly reason, I was inspired and I thought, oh, I will record at 5 p.m. And If there are any podcasters out there listening and you're starting a new podcast, that is not the time to record unless, of course, you have your own studio because there was a delivery, there was planes flying over, there was motorbikes, there was traffic. It was just terrible. I listened to it back and I just thought, oh my God, I'm even embarrassed to send this to my editor. So anyway, this podcast is going to be about erotic choking, which is actually one of my favorite kinks. Now, I never went out of my way to discover erotic choking. Many, many, many penises ago, (laughs) I was being fucked by this guy. And as he was about to blow, he put his hand around my neck and tightened it. I just found it so arousing. I'd never had a man do that to me before. And the skin, like, over my entire body, It was just goose flesh, basically, you know, little pimples all over me and, you know, my arms. I could hardly feel my arms and my nipples were so hard and my pussy was just so wet and I was just thinking, I just want him to keep fucking me. But by that time, the jobby was all over. So obviously I um, had experimented with erotic choking with him more and then during our fuck buttery and then other partners since. Now, I sort of think that my personal connection with erotic choking has to do with the BDSM power play side of things. But then there's also the physiological side. So basically oxygen is being cut off from your brain. So when they let go, when they release your neck, you feel euphoric because you've got um, dopamine and endorphins rushing through your body. And it's just like, oh, wow. Like you can't feel your fingertips. And it's just like, it's pretty arousing. But if you're going to explore erotic choking or if you intend to in the future, you need to get educated, you need to have a trustworthy partner and you need to know what you're doing. So I suggest watching YouTube videos, um, reading books, reading articles and also listening to doctors because it can all go wrong. It's very dangerous. It can be fatal. It can cause brain damage. It can cause heart attacks, etc. So when you do it, you do not, like if you're the choker, you do not want to be pushing on the windpipe. 
that's the most important thing because the windpipe basically it runs from just under your voice box and it goes down to your your breasts or your sternum and once you press on that that's when you really do get into danger territory so what you want to be focusing on is the two arteries at either side of the neck they're called the carotid arteries for for memory and if you just press on them you can do it yourself I'm pressing on them now and if you just press on them tightly, you can start to feel yourself go. Don't don't keep doing it because I want you to listen to the end of these podcasts, you bastards. Um, but, you know, you do it with someone that you trust. You're not high when you do it. You're not pissed when you do it. And also you need to have a communication set up, like a plan. So I always find it weird when I read that you need to have a safe word. I mean, when you're losing consciousness, I don't think you're going to be able to talk. So I think it's better if it's blinking or tapping like um, martial artists do when they're being choked or, you know, raising your arm or something. But yeah, I, I personally wouldn't go with the safe word, but that's your choice. You know, we all have to make our own choices. So it really, really is sexy and you can play with it. So you can play with it yourself. You can play with it with a partner that you trust and that you consent doing it to you or vice versa. And you just do a few seconds at a time and then you can work up to it and and become more hardcore. But it, it can be a beautiful addition to hard fucking or being tied up or, or, you know, whatever little, all your little add-ons, I call them. (laughs) Oh dear. Oh, I'm getting wet talking about this. It is going to be a good episode. So I actually went on Australian morning TV onto Studio 10. I was invited on the show by Joe Hildebrand and um, I went on Studio 10 defending hardcore porn after this article that I had written for the iconic British Australian magazine, The Spectator. And what I was saying is at the time there had been the murder of Eurydice Dixon and of course Jill Maher uh, had been murdered and both of them had been choked and then it was found out that these men that had raped and murdered these girls which is just I, I'm I'm most certainly um, not condoning what they did but these men that had raped and murdered these girls consumed large quantities of uh, hardcore porn and were both obviously very obviously mentally ill and so that can get attached to hardcore porn or or fetishes or people that enjoy safe breath play or whatever and it can all get mashed up and it's just like any man that's interested in that 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 inspires men to kill that creates murderers that creates men that are sickos that just want to go out and rape and and choke women to death well no it doesn't most men that consume hardcore porn or who are mentally ill and not out on the streets killing and raping and choking women that's a very that's like it's not even one percent it's tiny 
So most people are minding their own fucking business, enjoying their fetishes, consuming what they want and getting on with their lives. So do not mesh the two because they have nothing to do with one another. And that's what really pisses me off. So I wrote an article about defending hardcore porn, saying that neither of them could be put into the same basket. But basically it was it was a shocking morning, the morning when I appeared on Australian television, a morning show for the first time, because the planes, that was the day when the weather was fucked and it was the first time that like all the planes, well not the first time but since I've been lived here, that all the planes were grounded in Melbourne and so I was stuck at the airport at four o'clock. I'd been up since two o'clock. I had no makeup on because I intended to get my makeup done then. I hadn't changed into my clothes. I had to ring the producer and then I was, I had to get a cab to the studio in South Yarra at Como Studios and the ear piece didn't work and the microphone didn't work and I couldn't hear what they were saying and then I was asked about rape and my child abuse all before 8am which I consented to but when it actually came to the moment of that going down I was very nervous and it was very confronting and I just didn't come across as I am and I just looked atrocious I just watched the video back and I just want to fall through the floor but I'm very grateful um, to Joe Hildebrand. I'm very grateful to the producer at Channel 10 um, who invited me onto the show. And uh, I wish I had have done a better job because um, I'm a confident person and uh, not a total idiot yet. When I watch that clip back, I just think, oh, I was just so anxious and so nervous and that all took over in that moment. And uh, it's live. It's a live cross. So, uh, you can't go back. There cannot be any mistakes. But, you know, you you live and learn. But the most important thing is I went on that show representing something that I believe in and I still believe in and I don't expect anyone to understand because if you see Australian journalism, if you see the narrative that the media presents uh, female sexuality. They want it to be watered down. They think sexuality and porn and choking or whatever, they think it has to be watered down for women, which is blatant sexism. You know, I can handle hardcore porn as much as any bloke, but, you know, we, we need it to be reduced for us so women can accept it, you know, flowery and sweet and, you know, honeysuckle, fucking bullshit, you know, fucking bullshit. So I will leave it there. But back to erotic choking, I just want to finish this episode by saying that I I think that people that need risk in their life, and I am one of those people. So people that are sort of always pushing boundaries, they're always going over the precipice, so to speak. I think that's our attraction to erotic choking. And a lot of people would not admit that because it's not politically correct, but you're kind of playing with life and death. There is a chance when I'm erotically choked that I could die. And I know that. And that is half of the attraction. But you're not allowed to say that because it's not PC and, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's just become so, I mean, the left just want to get rid of everything. Like they just want to sanitize fucking sexuality altogether. And uh, that's why I removed myself from feminism and got as far away from the fucking left as I possibly could. But I'm a centrist. I'm, I'm not on either side. But, yeah, they have some horrible qualities, as do the uh, inhumane right. So oh, I shouldn't have got political, but here I am. I've jumped out of planes. I've, I've travelled the world by myself and I'm always putting myself at risk. And also the entertainment industry. I mean, anyone that's an actor, a writer, um, a podcaster, uh, whatever you're doing, you if you're an artist and you're in the industry, you are fucking living a risky life because it is so, in, uh, a musician, because it is so insecure. Uh, we're broke one week, we have money the next week. Um, we're freelancing one week, we're on contract the next week. It's a fucking shit fight. And I chose this path at 15 and I'm now 43 and I'm still on it. So this is a risk that I'm prepared to take because even though I'm whinging as I am now about the ups and the downs and about the uncertainty, etc., it's also what lights a fucking fire in my core in my heart, in my soul, in my fucking pussy. Do you know what I mean? It's what lights me up. And even if I didn't have an audience, I'd still do what I do because that's what makes me sane. And I think it's what makes most people sane, true artists that are working in the industry. It keeps them going. Now, what has this got to do with erotic choking? Because I think it's a similar thing. It's the risk. It's the uncertainty. It's the insecurity of it and the life and death. So, that is all I've got to say about erotic choking. If you have any ideas for future episodes, please write to me at vanessadelagi at gmail.com. I love to receive, you know, feedback about the podcast and if there's any topics that you'd like me to talk about in the future. And um, I hope you're all having a good week in Melbourne. We're just about to get out of lockdown, out of jail. Woohoo! All right, I'll see you soon. Bye. If you liked what you heard here, hit subscribe in your podcast app to get every episode and share it with whoever you dare. You can see more about Vanessa at vanessadelagi.net. Thanks for listening to Nothing But Sex. Please come again.